Welcome to uh, day 17 of Shaped by the Word. We continue uh, to read through the Gospel of Luke, which has uh, been such a rich experience uh, to see Jesus uh, as he demonstrates the power of kingdom in both word and deed uh, through his healings, through raising people from the dead, through his teaching, through his compassion, and, and most notably his ability to forgive sins. He is showing that he is uh, the Lord's Messiah and the promised, you know, Davidic king. Mm. So we pick up in the middle of uh, chapter 8, beginning in uh, verse 6. And uh, before we do that, let's uh, offer this moment and ourselves to the Lord. Katie, do you, do you mind leading us? Not at all. Father, thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word and um, the opportunity to open it up and um, read from it this morning together. And I pray that this would be a time um, where your spirit just teaches us more of who you are, teaches us um, just what you have done, and that you would change us. Um, And thank you. Thank you for this time together. Pray that it would be fruitful. We know that your word does not return void. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. What a wonderful reminder. Uh, The word itself we're told is God breathed it has his breath has his spirit in it and of course he has given us his spirit to take the riches of his word and make them real to us make them known to us and to mm-hmm. use them to build us up in Christ Jesus uh, we pick up in uh, verse 26 of chapter 8 they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes which is across the lake from Galilee when Jesus stepped ashore he was met by a demon possessed man from the town For a long time this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into the solitary places. Jesus asked him, What is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go to the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got in the boat, and he left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people in the crowd are pressing against you. 
But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. The woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told him why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jared, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just believe, and she'll be healed. When he arrived at the house of Jairus, he did not let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning for her. Stop wailing, Jesus said. She's not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But he took her by the hand and said, My child, get up. Her spirit returned, and at once she stood up. Then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astonished, but he ordered them not to tell anyone what had happened. <laughs> because it was going to be a little bit hard uh, not to tell anyone what had happened because yeah. so many people <laughs> uh, realized that she was dead and were already mourning her. Uh, and Jesus you know, does something, again, that demonstrates that the kingdom of God truly is here. Everything that's part of the curse you know, is being reversed from those who are possessed by the powers of the enemy to those who are possessed by the power of death, which, of course, Revelation tells us to be the final enemy to be conquered, and mm. Jesus demonstrates that so beautifully here. So what are some things that uh, stand out in this passage as you read through the passage? I love that. I feel like Luke is um, on purpose showing us Jesus' authority over different things. So the passage that we just talked about yesterday, he calms the storm. So it shows his authority over the wind and the waves. And then this next passage shows his authority over evil, over demons. And of course, legion, I've always pictured legion as like 12 demons. (laughs) But as I was reading like commentary in the study Bible, it said that then like a legion of soldiers would be somewhere a thousand or plus so there's a lot of demons in there and you can see its power so it's his authority over evil and then of course you have him healing a sick woman who's been sick and hasn't been able to be healed by doctors and then even a, a girl who's just died so authority over sickness and death and then of course i don't want to get too ahead but tomorrow he'll be sending out his disciples with that same authority. So I just, I love what Luke is doing here. And um, it's just fun to see like kind of that bigger picture of what he's doing. It is a demonstration that God is, uh, God is returning in glory to Jerusalem to rescue his people and to restore everything that they've lost to the ravages of sin. And it is a is a beautiful a beautiful picture. And is is this man who was demon possessed? Isn't he a Gentile? This is you know the only uh, this is the only episode in Luke where we find uh, Jesus you know going into a Gentile place. Mm. So it may you know, mm-hmm. it, more than likely uh, you know there would have been you know a mixed community there. So he okay. may well have been he may well have been a Gentile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the very fact that you have, for Luke, it's significant that you have Jesus, you know, in a in a Gentile location, because it's a foretaste of what will come that the mm-hmm. gospel will go to, you know, will go to the nations. Well, and I love how the kind of that episode ends because a, a lot of times you'll see Jesus heal somebody and then he'll say, don't you know, tell don't anybody. tell anybody what happened. But instead, what happens is Jesus heals this man. They right. everyone sends Jesus away. They're like, "Get out of here!" And he says, "Return home and tell everyone what happened." In yeah. other words, the way the good news is going to spread through right. here is through you. You know, returning home. So you have the uh, contrast in this very passage we read. You have, you know, this man who 
did not wear clothes, did not live in a house. They tried to guard him and bind him with chains, and nothing could restrain him. One of the gospel writers, you know, talks about him shrieking at the top of his voice in the in the graveyards. Mm-hmm. And then there's just a little phrase there: "Not many people would go that way." Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so this guy is deeply ravaged. This is an incredible, you know, miracle that is taking place. And and for this man, he said, "Go back and tell them what great things you know God yeah. has has done for you," which is the way that you know we we should carry and we should announce you know the gospel ourselves. But part of that is it is in a Gentile region, and there are not those expectations of a political Messiah, uh, and and they need to see yeah. you know that God deeply cares for them yeah. uh, where they are, mm-hmm. you know as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think another thing that stands out to me in in this story, um, kind of moving to verse forty and down, where Jesus raises the dead girl and heals the sick woman, is is the I just love the personality of the authors. You know, when we get to read these stories, like Luke tells us, the woman suffered. Um, you know, it's had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, you know, but other gospel writers will say she suffered at the hands of many doctors, you know, mm-hmm. and doctors couldn't heal her. Whereas Luke is a doctor. He's like, I'm not going to say that. You know, yeah, more than likely subject. Luke's a doctor. And yeah. Nobody's ever suffered at the head of a doctor. <laughs> what are you guys yeah, talking but, about? But it is fun to just see oh. and be reminded of, you know, scripture is not, not God just saying, hey, I want you to write exactly what you know, I want you to say, don't use any, I mean, he uses no. the personality of the human authors to communicate exactly what he wants. No. That, that is, you know, of course, that, that's our view of the inspiration of scripture that, uh, you know, is written by human authors under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So that it says exactly what God wanted to say and exactly the way that he wanted to say it through their vocabulary, yeah. their personality, and even their theology, mm-hmm. it, you know, comes through. So it is the dual authorship. Yeah. Uh, is so preserved that we have exactly, you know, what God wants us to have, yeah. but we also get to see who Luke was, and we get to see yeah. who Peter was, and mm-hmm. who John was, and Paul was. I uh, love how this passage, it just shows us that time isn't as important to Jesus. I don't know if it's that's the right way to say it, but everyone's rushing him, like, we have to get there, we have yeah. to get there, and Jesus knows. He knows that he has the power no matter what. And so he takes the time to stop in the middle of this crowd and talk to this woman because she could have been healed and gone on her way, but he turns to her and says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. He calls her daughter, which really, I mean, she's been for 12 or more years, you know, kind of outcast from the people of God because she's considered unclean, right? So she's unclean. She's not able to worship with the people of God. And she's just really on the out, on the outer edges, and for and the first time in however long, she's being called daughter, um, and has been healed. So mm-hmm. not only been healed physically, which is had to have been so painful and so awful, but also healed spiritually and been brought back mm-hmm. in. I just think that's it, so it tells wonderful. us so much about Jesus. You know that. Yeah, time was of the utmost importance to everyone around him. There's a large crowds. You know, his disciples are like, he, Jesus says, who touched me? And his disciples are, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> there's people everywhere right now. You know, there's no social distancing in this gathering. <laughs> and and I just, I love what Jesus does because, I mean, we see throughout the Gospels that people kind of gravitated towards Jesus as maybe just a wonder, you know, a miracle worker yeah. or like, well, if I just touch him, I'll be healed because that's what he does. But what he does is spotlights this woman and, and invites her into a relationship. You know, he recognizes her. He won't just let himself be 
a kind of a miracle worker to her yeah. where she walks away saying, man, I just remember when I touched Jesus and he healed me. He actually then begins this fellowship with her where yeah. he calls her daughter. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I think everyone in that moment would have marveled at yeah. what Jesus just did. Well, yeah, there's actually a great reversal that's taking place in this text. The woman is being just a hair mischievous when she mm-hmm. touches yeah. Jesus because that was forbidden, mm-hmm. you know, through the law. Uh, she should have separated herself, uh, you know, and announced herself unclean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually when, you know, in Leviticus, whenever a person who is clean comes into contact with someone who is unclean, then the unclean transfers to the right. clean. Yeah. It's reversed here. The one who was clean brought cleanness to the unclean. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so you have a great kingdom reversal, you know, that's taking place in Jesus. So that's a significant phrase, who yeah. who touched me? Mm-hmm. Because the touch was a little bit out of place, but uh, Jesus received it as a sign of her faith. Yeah. And, and a beautiful little phrase, your, your faith is, is healed you. Your yeah. confidence in me it was more impressive than the fact. You just broke every rule in Leviticus, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Uh, well, and, and I love you know Luke's note. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. It's not like just touching Jesus, you know, dispenses power. That's power he freely gave out. Right. He was you fully know, aware. He of He knew the power it, what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course the story of the little girl just gets me every time. <laughs> I was wondering why it took us so long to get there. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's just, I actually told this whole story to Jude in kind of the form of like a once upon a time story mm-hmm. last week. And at the end of it, he said, I almost cried because it is so powerful that Jesus, he sees this little girl. And I think I, I just picture him and Sally Lloyd-Jones, who wrote the Jesus Storybook Bible, says this so well that he says, little girl, it's time to get up. You know, you just see Jesus loving a child so well and so deeply and having the power over death that so much so that he says that she's sleeping and gets laughed at. Right. Yeah. But it's just ultimate demonstration, you know, of both the love of the father. Uh, you have uh, in Mark's version, of course, uh, the actual Aramaic words that he used, Talitha kum. Mm-hmm. Get up, little lamb, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, which is is really nice, but also the power over the ultimate enemy, you know, yeah. which is which is death, and mm-hmm. it is always ravaging. You know, anytime we we see death at work, it is also ravaging. But to see yeah. it in a young, you know, young girl, mm-hmm. you know, is 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 deeply moving. Mm-hmm. And so you see the compassion. Yeah. You, know, you see the compassion for you know the older lady, you know, daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, your faith has healed you. Yeah. And then and to Jairus, uh, you know, because yeah. the, the sto- story begins that his daughter wasn't dead yet; she was dying. Mm-hmm. You know, then after you get that kind of what seems t- to us to be an interruption, but not to Jesus, you get news that she had died, and he turns to Jairus and says, "You know, don't be afraid; just believe." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so grace to everyone. Uh, what a great, um, uh, what a great command for the times we live in. <laughs> yeah. Don't be afraid; just believe. And, and we ought to talk about what we're talking about when we talk about believing is to have confidence in me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, not the magic of, you know, looking at an outcome we want and wanting it bad enough and not letting thoughts interfere with it. It's just trusting him yeah. to be who he is and to do what he does because of who he is. Mm. Heavenly Father, we thank you for, for who you are. And we thank you for many times through scripture, you tell us we don't have to be afraid. Thank you for 
a Savior who loves us. I thank you for a Savior who has exercised power over the darkness that binds us, power over you know, life and death, power over everything that uh, makes us unclean. Thank you for being the one who touches us and makes us clean. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.